हेलो एवरीवन एंड वेलकम बैक दिस इज विंग्स पॉडकास्ट सीजन टू एपिसोड टू आर गेस्ट फॉर टुडे इज अ मल्टी टैलेंटेड वंडर वुमेन शी इज़ अ क्रिएटिव एंड एन आर्टिस्ट हु हैज़ अड्रेस्ड सम वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट इश्यूज थ्रू हर आर्ट इफ यू आर इंटरेस्टेड इन एनी थिंग फ्रॉम साइकोलॉजी टू परफॉर्मिंग आर्ट्स यू गोइंग टू लव दिस एपिसोड So let's welcome Ms Divya Dureja. She is a three times TEDx speaker and a well-renowned counseling psychologist, a mental health and sexuality educator as well. She is an international performance poet and is touring with her project The Divya Dureja Project, India's unique live performance poetry act. She is also the co-founder of a unique platform for nourishing performers and organizing a safe inclusive space for LGBTQIA events and spoken word events. She has performed at platforms from Lakme Fashion Week, BBC News to MTV Big Indies and New York Poetry Festival. Through her poetry she has addressed various topics menstruation abortion rights homosexuality gender dysphoria and physical disabilities her continuous success in the sphere of mental health feminism lgbtqia rights arts curation and her versatility as a performance poet are definitive of her multidisciplinary approach to art activism and wellness so let's hear it from divya herself what's her story and what's her journey let's dive in I hope all of you are doing well. Today we have with us Divya Dreja, a counseling psychologist, a three-time TEDx speaker, and a LGBTQI wellness activist. Hi, Divya. I hope you're well. Uh, can you give us a small introduction about yourself? Hi, Soumya. Thanks for introducing me. I, um, like you mentioned, I'm a counseling psychologist. I practice with. um mainly for the youth but i do see clients from adolescents to geriatric population mm-hmm. and um most of my work has been in um promoting wellness and advocating for the rights of the lgbtqi community to mm-hmm. which i belong to mm-hmm. um and um yeah i'm also a performance poet and i work with uh, a lot of different uh brands in order to uh get certain social issues highlighted mm-hmm. through the medium of poetry performance poetry hmm. that's pretty much a lot <laughs> and pretty interesting also um so the way that every person has this journey which has led them to be where they are right now mm-hmm. so what if you were to give a bird's eye view of your journey what would that mm-hmm. be and specifically how did you come about uh, deciding that you would work for the cause of queer community mm so this is like my second life mm-hmm. uh i had a complete lung collapse few years ago mm-hmm. which is going to be in medical books as a mystery case mm-hmm. and uh, which kind of pushed me into the area where of taking entrepreneurial risks and getting mm-hmm. into organizing my own events because mm-hmm. i couldn't hold a full time job mm-hmm. because of my condition at the time mm-hmm. uh life actions so mm-hmm. i've got my bachelor's and master's in psychology mm-hmm. and um 
After that, I also interned in New York at the mm-hmm. International Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission, and I worked with the UN headquarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so coming back to India, and uh, I I realized that uh, I got to see the avenues that were there mm-hmm. to um, include and address different needs of the community. Mm-hmm. So an LGBTQIA resource center has its different unique space and resources and mm-hmm. purpose, mm-hmm. while an LGBTQIA a safe space or a party space has its different purpose. Mm-hmm. So uh, I realized that all these different spaces need to coexist and actually be explored mm-hmm. because so many clients of mine would come to me um, and tell me, you know, like I don't find Grinder or Tinder a safe mm-hmm. space and everybody's judgmental of the looks. Mm-hmm. I just want to create some friends. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started, you know, curating these uh, monthly LGBTQIA allies uh, gatherings and parties that mm-hmm. promoted queer artists, mm-hmm. uh, created a nice environment. Um, I sensitized the staff, created gender-neutral washrooms, mm-hmm. uh, did a lot of work in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, you know, created a space for people that is still uh, prior to the lockdown was being mm-hmm. continued and, you know, the, the baton was taken forward by other people. Mm-hmm. So um, that that is some of the the bird's eye view of mm. the things I've done. Of course, mm. there's much, much more than that mm. if I were to trace uh, in terms of my uh, performance poetry, how I've kind of, uh, you know, uh, brought about same-sex relationship mm. in that regard uh, that's, you know, been uh, shown across uh, different news channels and media platforms yeah. and uh, gave voice to that at a time when nobody was speaking up about it. This is prior to Section 377 mm. uh, being decriminalized mm-hmm. um, and also like on my TED talks uh, they talk about how even if section 377 is no more the mm-hmm. harassment against lesbians and mm-hmm. trans person hasn't gone mm-hmm. and what are those specific issues mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, which have not been highlighted much mm-hmm. so I've, I've taken resources different uh, lawmakers and mm-hmm. policy makers and compile that information into mm-hmm. a place that somebody can just watch a TED talk and kind mm-hmm. of get to know about Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And also if somebody is in, in trouble and they don't know how to support, be a good ally or how mm-hmm. to support their friend, mm-hmm. you know, just broke it down for medical practitioners as well as family members, mm-hmm. how they can kind of um, grapple with this. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of work is being done. Mm-hmm. Um, now it comes to trans healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was no protocol earlier on how to support a person transitioning. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, there are there's uh, there's an association that's come up. Mm-hmm. I'm in touch with them. I'm seeing trans clients and mm-hmm. seeing how that uh, can be you know worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a funny space uh, to be in at times. You know when you're. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say pigeonholed mm-hmm. into just the LGBTQIA person, mm-hmm. but luckily my my field has allowed me to have these multiple facets to myself, mm-hmm. where I do mentor different poets and mm-hmm. I do uh, work one on one with counseling clients. Mm-hmm. I take workshops for students. I do sensitization sessions for corporates on mm-hmm. diversion and inclus- uh, inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's everything is. Uh, a part of me mm-hmm. and I've honed all those different aspects and kind of interrelated them in, mm-hmm. in a in a very compact way I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so I mean uh, you've talked about how extensively you've been working in the queer wellness field now 
Yeah. So, um, you know, when you decided that okay, this is what I want to do, how mm. was the reaction of your like? What was the reaction of your family and friends? Were they supportive and understanding, and were they okay with you working in this field? Yeah. So, um, I've always, uh, you know, uh, marched to my own beat, <laughs> and I've, uh, as a child, I have been very active in uh, school in terms of, you know, the UN voluntary mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm national basketball player, excelled mm-hmm. in sports, excelled mm-hmm. in d- debates, mm-hmm. studies, mm-hmm. Um, and I have a very a wonderful supportive educated family as mm-hmm. a background mm-hmm. um of course uh, the coming out process uh, included all the fears mm-hmm. and uh, the you know the stages of like grappling with mm-hmm. my own identity mm-hmm. first being like no no this can't be with me okay mm-hmm. then accepting mm-hmm. then came coming the stage of telling someone because mm-hmm. it's it's such an authentic such a big part of you that yeah. if you don't talk about it and if you always being conscious of who you are and mm-hmm. you're not outing yourself yeah. the amount of stress one feels is immeasurable yeah. so um uh, of course it took a while i i i told my i came out to my mother and mm-hmm. you know uh, for a moment like there was a conversation i was like but i came out to you like what is coming out mm-hmm. at that time i realized that uh, we've been you know uh, uh consuming a lot of western media hmm. and those concepts hmm. so this is prior to me going to new york mm-hmm. and uh, that's when i realized okay if i want to gain more experience in this regard and mm-hmm. when i come back i want to contextualize information to indian context mm-hmm. and that's when i came back and i got certain opportunities i mm-hmm. created these workshop models mm-hmm. and everything that is more contextualized to the indian context mm-hmm. so there have been kids whose mothers have reached out to me mm-hmm. uh, and they've kind of told me you know like okay uh, we thought this is a western thing but mm-hmm. seeing you and that you are uh, mm-hmm. managing your career and you're a balanced person gives mm-hmm. me hope that my daughter will be like you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it, it's a strange thing and i yeah. i have uh, i have taken a very risky step of mm-hmm. visibilizing myself so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. uh it does come at a cost in mm-hmm. mit- in between there were uh, queer people being beaten outside of their houses mm-hmm. in uh, delhi Oh so God. I was very scared at the time, and mm. I tried to make my account private. Mm. However, uh, there is just so much digital footprint of me everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, in terms of news, in terms of articles, in yeah. terms of everything. Mm. So it's it's at this point it does come with a risk. Mm. You know, and some people wonder like why do it? The mm. truth is I don't know any other way. Mm. If I speak my truth and I really, really, uh, I'm an empath, and that's why I've chosen mm. this field of counseling. Mm-hmm. And so I. Um, if my story can help somebody mm-hmm. uh you know or uh, uh be more uh, feel more brave mm-hmm. and feel more proud mm-hmm. then uh it's worth the risk yeah you know yeah. and uh so yeah, that's that's some of uh the stuff yeah so mm-hmm. so you know you you talk about how um harassment in the queer community particularly is is a big thing and it's pretty sad how it goes and it like absolutely ignored because people usually think that same sex violence violence isn't a thing but mm-hmm. since you're someone who is working in the field mm-hmm. can you make us aware about the kind of reality and the problems yeah, that so exist in your previous question i don't think i got to the point yeah. which was how did your family and relationships yeah. friends take take it yeah. uh, so it's very much linked with this question which mm-hmm. is comes to violence yeah. so half the fear of coming out is pertaining to the violence mm-hmm. um so uh 
luckily i didn't fear that i will be made homeless mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. or my studies will be stopped or mm-hmm. i will be married to a guy mm-hmm. or i will have to go through corrective rape mm-hmm. that's what it's called mm-hmm. you understand yeah, yeah. so i knew these not would not be the thing i knew mm-hmm. there would be a stage where my parents would not understand or mm-hmm. there would be some conflict mm-hmm. but i knew it wouldn't cause me mm-hmm. physical harm mm-hmm. and i wouldn't uh, lose my a uh, privileges of being a child of theirs and getting that financial stability and mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. and daily sustenance mm-hmm. now for many that is a case mm-hmm. um so uh, i always advise people that if you uh, if you know that your parents are extremely orthodox they mm-hmm. have uh, already uh, physically abused you in the past mm-hmm. or have a tendency to um Uh, listen more to the society and have mm-hmm. the a very uh, stringent concept of honor mm-hmm. then always uh, first stand up on your feet mm-hmm. finish off with your studying get mm-hmm. a job mm-hmm. then move into a new space make sure you have all your passports mm-hmm. aadhar everything with you mm-hmm. and then if you want to let them know you can let them know but taking all precautions mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, so similarly in same sex violence mm-hmm. harassment mm-hmm. the issues like the recently there was a case uh, somebody during this lockdown mm-hmm. was facing sex uh, uh, violence from yeah. their partner yeah. now that this person is not out of the closet mm-hmm. because he is not out of the closet he did not want to report to any ngo mm-hmm. or police theek mm-hmm. hai mm-hmm. so friends are coming in mm-hmm. now friends are coming in very few people have um, the card that allows them to travel mm-hmm. uh or yeah. basically extraction process had to be done to get mm. this person out and in a safe space yeah uske baad therapy shuru ho sakti na when this person mm. suddenly feel safe in a different place mm-hmm. so um these are actual things you have to face mm-hmm. uh there is ipv intimate partner violence in mm-hmm. same sex relationships doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's woman to woman mm-hmm. uh, uh or man to man mm-hmm. or uh, the gender queer or mm-hmm. trans relationship mm-hmm. because at the end of the day it's a human and mm-hmm. humans have temperament humans have a certain kind of behavior or personality mm-hmm. and sometimes people take their trauma and project it outward also mm-hmm. or uh, so lot of these different things happen mm-hmm. uh, another person has put up a post uh, today on mm-hmm. their instagram mentioning mm-hmm. how this one other person has been um, physically violent with them for mm. months mm. and these are this person works in a so called social helping space mm. you know mm. so i have seen psychiatrists psychologists social workers mm. also be abusive mm. so it does not pertain to the field they are in mm. it actually just boils down to morals values mm. ethics um okay. and so we have to be careful about that mm-hmm. and this you know violence is not limited to a caste creed gender mm-hmm. identity mm-hmm. we need to get that really yeah. sorted first yeah. and then kind of see it from that lens mm-hmm. you know yeah. so what are then the uh, the obstacles coming in the way of reporting what mm-hmm. are the obstacles coming in the way of seeking help mm-hmm. uh, are they turning their guilt and shame inwards mm-hmm. what are the factors in that mm-hmm. all of that is then you know comes so but people like that who are able to report um the, the violence that they're going through especially in queer relationships do you think that in mm-hmm. general that number is lesser than heterosexual relationships 
ट्रीटमेंटलीस्टरप्लेन how many percentages of people actually go ahead and register hmm. so actually in reality we don't really have the right data with us hmm. there are other advocacy groups that have tried to kind of get those data across you can find them over the google search hmm. but we first need to understand the impediments that come in the way of realizing this hmm. obviously if you uh, if you were to see in the macrocosm of uh, things mm-hmm. heterosexuals are more in number yeah. and homosexual are less in number yeah. because of the way the society is mm-hmm. the we have observed that more and more people are more uh, fluid with their sexual identity and gender identity mm-hmm. in societies that don't make a big deal of it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, and there uh, if if in india say a minority is uh, x percent of the full Mm. why mm. the larger community and say another country that's more liberal mm. uh, more uh, accepting mm. that x percentage will be greater mm. so if it's 10% here it'll be 20% there mm. why is that so mm. why does the minority number go up mm. because humans are innately supposed to have very fluid sexuality and mm. gender identity mm. gender is a social construct yeah right mm. so um, in in uh, india we have a collectivistic culture mm. where you are expected to carry out certain gender roles yeah and roles in the bedroom mm. and roles elsewhere mm. so um, which is why when when you ask what do you think the percentages mm. i can uh, you know a certain from these basic factors that i know that mm. of course the percentage will be less compared to heterosexual but mm. that's the beauty of data and statistics mm. but mm. if i have to see acha agar 100 is the number of uh, people who identify as queer mm-hmm. so usme se 20% could be in an abusive mm. relationship you know mm. and again what do you define as abuse mm. sometimes some people have gone through um, certain sexual experiences when started out sex- in a one way and ended in a different way mm-hmm. and in the end of it they feel like no this wasn't right mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or sometimes they have a beautiful experience and months later somebody goes and say are this was not okay mm-hmm. so again i want to further talk about you know lines of consent and everything and mm-hmm. what and how warped that concept is also becoming mm-hmm. yeah. so percentage wise of course is like i said reporting mm-hmm. and everything is a it uh, has to be considered in that and mm-hmm. but regardless of the percentages we have to admit that mm-hmm. humans do face um violence whether they are in straight or non straight relationships absolutely um you know uh, this thought has stuck me you know there there are people who go through so much with in terms of coming to terms with their identity and from what i've heard from a lot of friends when they you know reached out to psychologists the psychologists were not even very encouraging in their nature and they were extremely harsh towards them so mm-hmm. you are a person who's working like mm-hmm. who's supporting queer people mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. is there like a resource where people can reach out to queer psychologists mm-hmm. or how does it work 
again like i said i know there are people bad people in every field hmm. also sometimes somebody hmm. who has gone through a certain trauma hmm. everything depends on perception and interpretation hmm. sometimes a person may be in more fragile state hmm. and the counselor may just be following the guidelines they hmm. have hmm. right hmm. and they can't give you that immense emotional support that you need yeah. because they need to maintain that professional barrier yeah. so sometimes i've seen that some clients go and say you know no this wasn't right or they didn't give meet my needs hmm. um, so of course that that match is not there mm-hmm. between client and counselor mm-hmm. but one shouldn't lose hope mm-hmm. because just like you go shopping and you find the perfect fit for things mm-hmm. even seeing a counselor is your prerogative mm-hmm. you can choose different person you who can who is speaking the language the emotional language mm-hmm. or you need you kind of you know uh, connect with mm-hmm. so uh, when i have say a client or anybody who has faced trauma mm-hmm. uh, if i can connect with them it mm-hmm. will be apparent mm-hmm. and then kind of understand their therapeutic goals and mm-hmm. take the therapy forward mm-hmm. um, for anybody looking for free resources mm-hmm. uh, there are tons mm-hmm. online you just have to go on google search and type uh, free mental health counseling for trauma uh, there are crowdsource lists mm-hmm. there are different foundations offering it i don't know if i should be saying everything's name but mm-hmm. i am um, you know i'm on instagram as mm-hmm. divya dureja mm-hmm. and on my facebook page and on twitter mm-hmm. you can reach out to me mm-hmm. and i will share the whole list of mm-hmm. these resources mm-hmm. again let me be very clear these free mental health resources are similar to what you and i are doing on this podcast yeah. in the sense that uh, Uh, these are step one to mm. get you to open up and be comfortable even talking about this. Mm. Uh, all of us, since this is my profession, this is my work, this is my bread, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, of course, um, the the way you will um, recover or the, the therapy you will get mm. with a paid professional mm-hmm. may be very different mm. with what would be uh, accessible mm-hmm. over the free resources. Mm-hmm. Um, uh i personally don't know the competency but mm-hmm. uh, i believe they are also very competent mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's uh, it's if if that is the situation and you're short on money mm-hmm. you should start somewhere mm-hmm. don't let money be a deterrent mm-hmm. and i personally uh, take on a few clients also Mm-hmm. Uh, who from whom i don't charge at all mm-hmm. uh thinking first assessing that they are generally genuinely you know mm-hmm. they don't have the monetary mm-hmm. um uh, ability mm-hmm. and they are like you know i've had i've saved few people who were just on the brink of suicide mm-hmm. and you know help transform their lives mm-hmm. uh in that regard mm-hmm. so of course because i don't want anyone to lose hope mm. because of that factor yeah. but uh, i have to also see my mental health and my capacity and my resources at that point mm. so it's it's a mix because at the end of the day we're all humans but mm. yes there is there are many resources and if anybody wants them i'm more than happy to share them over a personal chat i'm sure that will be beneficial to a lot of people yeah um you know coming to our next question um you know harassment or assault of any kind i think has mm. multifaceted impacts it's not just in, in a physical way yeah. but if you were to talk about the emotional impact that a person yeah. um has what would so, that be hmm. so we are talking in case of a 
sexual assault yeah. or yeah yeah uh, any traumatic event right yeah so uh, so what would be happen in such a case let's really walk through it mm. right so first you'll have a fear response mm. why because it's an overwhelming experience sure. of either being physically injured or you were kind of fearing that you'd be killed mm-hmm. you know so fear mm. is one mm. then loss of control mm. right mm. you may feel like you are losing control over your life because somebody did something against your will mm. right mm. then you may experience flashbacks mm. right mm. which is your brain rethinking overthinking the experience mm. or you may have complete uh, loss of memory yeah. memory lapses yeah, yeah. again that's a response mm. then you will start to experience trouble in concentrating mm. you will also have guilty feelings yeah. self blame may begin mm-hmm. if i had been more careful if mm. this if that theek mm. hai mm. then comes feeling dirty in mm. some cases some people start to feel dirty they start to probably take frequent showers to feel clean, clean mm. or things like that mm. then depression yeah. uh, low mood mm. uh, despair mm. frequent crying spells mm. all that comes in mm. then all this will affect their existing relationships so they're mm-hmm. disrupted relationships mm-hmm. they might start showing withdrawn behavior mm-hmm. with the people they are with yeah. mm-hmm. then uh, loss of interest in sex mm-hmm. because uh, sex is no longer seen as a positive activity yeah right mm-hmm. um then comes um so these are some of those reactions that mm-hmm. are there in most people who have faced a traumatic event mm. then we also have to think a physical reaction when they mm. are suppose uh, they see some uh, environment mm. all right mm. that reminds them of that experience mm. they either will freeze in the moment or have a fear response like mm. run away flight mm. or try to like fight that particular thing too much mm. and feel distressed mm-hmm. um uh along with this physical reaction there is mental reaction mm. right mm-hmm. so uh if not a physical reminder mm. but their own thought or emotion will trigger and simulate the fear they felt at that time mm. okay mm. uh they can start wondering oh what if this person comes back again what if i see them mm. then sometimes they will what if i see them they stop going out only mm. so this all this can manifest in many different ways they mm. can have nightmares night tremors mm. um and it's it's okay for somebody to realize mm. somebody is listening and has gone through that is okay to feel all this you're not mm. different mm. this happens and there is a way to go away from this mm. also mm-hmm. and give you that empowerment back over your life mm. you know mm. um sometimes people also alter their behaviors mm. completely mm-hmm. you know uh, uh and their way of interacting mm. so um all this is expected and does happen it is normal it is not abnormal mm-hmm. and there is a way to overcome this mm. and give you the empowerment back into mm. your life mm. so talking about how one can you know step back into life after going mm-hmm. through something so traumatic mm-hmm. uh, how what would you suggest would be like the first step or the entire process of recovery from such a trauma so again uh with each person you have to understand their mm. uh their biological 
nature mm-hmm. factors mm-hmm. you have to understand their psychosocial makeup their mm-hmm. environment they are in the context they are in are mm-hmm. they still in a uh, uh, safe space or mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Uh, you have to first in do an intake session mm-hmm. that's what we call where we mm-hmm. understand the person the trauma if it's recent mm-hmm. or past mm-hmm. uh, what steps they have taken mm-hmm. uh, if there are any diagnosis to be uh, formed mm-hmm. um, then comes the support mm. how do you offer support what mm. are their sources of support currently mm-hmm. right mm. uh, um and then you also understand things like uh, okay do they want to if they are able to recall that past trauma or not mm-hmm. some people have like i mentioned totally memory lapses mm-hmm. pertaining to it right yeah, yeah. so that is a, a brain's response of self protection mm-hmm. so in most complex uh, ptsd cases or mm-hmm. trauma cases mm-hmm. the idea is to um, reduce their struggles and make them feel empowered in the present mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so getting their life back on track or they feel it's gone off track yeah. so giving them those positive so- resources yeah. if they need to be on medication to uh, because what happens is when you have gone through a lot of distress mm-hmm. your brain forgets the right amount of chemical it needs to produce to mm-hmm. regulate your mood and behavior mm-hmm. so we have to like give it a kick start Mm-hmm. or so to say this a bike ko karte hai na similar to diet with medication mm-hmm. then you have to come up with a treatment plan mm-hmm. like i do for my clients it mm-hmm. is inclusive of a psychiatrist a therapist mm-hmm. and some other people mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a whole 360 degree outlook that i at least provide to my clients mm-hmm. to uh, facilitate them going from a state mm-hmm. of inactivity and fear mm-hmm. to a state to a very empowered state where mm-hmm. they are functional productive with enhanced mood and uh, also developing skills to cope with stress in their life on their own mm-hmm. so that is uh, how most of this draw uh, generally mm-hmm. is generally. is dealt with again i can only give you a little bit of a map towards mm-hmm. it but it really depends at what stage yeah. the client is coming to you if they are having flashbacks mm-hmm. upsetting memories mm-hmm. what is their how is their body reacting to things mm-hmm. uh, are they in, even in a state to uh, speak to you uh, and uh, receive help mm-hmm. so the first and foremost things is um, um you know to understand their fears mm-hmm. like one could be coming with a very intense fear of injury or death mm. okay mm-hmm. or like uh, afraid that this assault will keep on perpetrating mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and some are very afraid that uh, they are uh, they might have a sexually transmitted disease mm-hmm. so these are the scenarios in which you know they they tend to report also more about mm-hmm. the thing that have gone through because they know that this is going to physically take away their life mm. ओके क्योंकि उसमें इंजरी डेथ है एक्सपेक्टेड है वो कभी भी फिजिकली मार देंगे या डिजीज आ गया है दे नो इंटरनली जने को पता होता है कि आई नीड टू सीक अ डॉक्टर्स हेल्प और आई नीड टू रिपोर्ट इट टू द पुलिस लाइक यू मेंशन ना रिपोर्टिंग किस केसेस में होता है इन केसेस में होता है जब पर्सन कैन लिटरली टेल की दिस इज अ लिटरल डू और डाई सिचुएशन एंड ऑल्सो देर इज ऑल्सो बिन लॉट ऑफ डेटा रिगार्डिंग रिपोर्टेड कौन करता है रिपोर्टिंग चांसेस डबल अप व्हेन देर आर सपोर्टिव पीपल इनकरेजिंग पर्सन टू गो हेड एंड रिपोर्ट ओके एंड दे हैव शेयर्ड इट लाइक लव्ड वन सो दैट एक्चुअली डबल्स अप द द रेट ऑफ रिपोर्टिंग अगेन इट कैन बी वेरी वेरी 
डिसहार्टनिंग रियलाइजिंग की केसेस डोंट मूव फॉरवर्ड और दैट अदर पर्सन हैज मोर टाउट इन टर्म्स ऑफ इकोनॉमिक सोशल रिसोर्सेज लाइक आई हैव पर्सनली फेस्ड सम सॉर्ट ऑफ सेक्शुअल हेरासमेंट वर्बल बट और जस्ट nearly escaped mm-hmm. from a place mm-hmm. and but i am afraid uh, not afraid but i didn't go ahead and mm-hmm. register a complaint because i know this person has a gun mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and this person knows where i stay yeah. so in that scenario yes i even named and shamed i made sure people knew i knew i made sure this person could not feel that i was disempowered i'm mm-hmm. still empowered mm-hmm. if i need to i will still go ahead and complain mm-hmm. but will then it depends on what is this person's reaction do they uh, offer a public apology do they stay away do they yeah. you know what how does it pan out yeah yeah you know yeah. so again it's each situation is very specific yeah. um and you must not feel afraid or alone mm-hmm. there are lots of supportive people mm-hmm. uh, they don't need to be your relatives or friends they mm-hmm. can even be good will uh, you know strangers mm-hmm. in the sphere of social work mm-hmm. so you just have to do one little research and understand okay is this a genuine person who helps mm-hmm. is this a genuine organization mm-hmm. and then seek support yeah so you know gauging from what you've said therapy for sure helps uh, to deal with trauma but you know we as a society i think are not equipped to help someone deal with um no. trauma so how do you think like a society as a whole can help hmm. someone who's going hmm. through a traumatic pehle we have to shift our language only hmm. we use things like deal with theek hmm. hai hmm. if you start saying therapy empowers hmm. anybody who's going through an experience yeah. therapy uh, empowers you to come out of it hmm. you know if you give a positive connotation to anything yeah. mm-hmm. firstly that gets reinforced in your brain and helps you take the step hmm. so that's what i worked with my clients also reprogramming mm. mind reprogramming language reprogramming behavior mm. right mm. now it comes to family members or generally see society's acceptance is a slow moving mm-hmm. as well as fast moving process it's mm. working parallelly mm. so just women did not have rights to vote mm. just a few decades ago mm-hmm. we could not have uh, property uh, owning rights mm-hmm. can you imagine mm-hmm. so uh, this all this takes a while mm-hmm. it just till the late 90s uh, homosexuality was seen as abnormal mm-hmm. according to who yeah, yeah. so we are making a very fast progressive change mm-hmm. within the queer community of course activists and research people know a lot mm-hmm. but how do you disseminate that information to people jinka ye forte nahi hai yeah jo out out uh, you know fringes pe hain mm-hmm. so that is where i come in and mm-hmm. other advocacy groups come in mm-hmm. where i take these sessions mm-hmm. with general employees of companies with mm-hmm. parents mm-hmm. of different families with students mm-hmm. because i believe in the snowball effect mm-hmm. what is that snowball jab upar se kisi mountain mm-hmm. se snow ko ऊपर से फेंको वो नीचे नीचे रोल होते हुए बड़ी होती आती है राइट बिकॉज इट टेक्स बाकी की स्नो विद इट एंड सर्कल बिकम्स बिगर इन साइज सो यू रोल एनी स्नो फ्रॉम टॉप एंड बाय द टाइम इट रीचेज नीचे इट्स वेरी बेस्ट सो वेन आई टेक अ सेशन विद हंड्रेड स्टूडेंट्स 
and in, share information impart information mm-hmm. they go ahead and tell another person yeah right mm-hmm. so again dissemination of information pe focus karo mm-hmm. uh, easily information aage batao mm-hmm. uh, don't you know fill it with jargons of uh, mm-hmm. words mm-hmm. Uh, all that is really helpful mm-hmm. and always stay in a positive mindset and if you feel always keep assessing reassessing mm-hmm. is this method working mm-hmm. am i getting across to people or am i further alienating them yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. so when we have this consent talk and itta you know go like nay all boys are like this all mm-hmm. everything is like this that yeah. is that is closing the chapter mm-hmm. we don't need to do that mm-hmm. we need to if there are good men if there are good queer people you need to make them allies mm-hmm. if there is a queer person who is very um, judgmental themselves or very afraid you have to understand where the trauma is coming from and mm-hmm. make them realize that is over now or you're mm-hmm. in a safer space theek hai so again everything is rooted in the psyche of the mind and yeah. behavior yeah i after all interactions with people from different industries and fields from ceos to you know ground workers mm-hmm. this is what it comes down mm-hmm. yeah so uh, diva earlier you touched a little upon consent so mm-hmm. what does essentially the word consent mean to you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how if you were to explain the word consent to someone who who doesn't know what consent is at mm. all how would you do that so let's talk about consent mm. in two ways mm. one is specific to sexual assault ki remne that ha. we'll talk about mm-hmm. the other is more generic that has come into our day to day conversation mm. now i am i would say i have made errors mm. okay when it comes to consent mm. as a psychologist i'm expected to have impeccable confidentiality yeah. uh, you know thing mm. and everything yeah. and i do that yeah. but with the changing um, form of media yeah yeah and everything see yeah. our podcast interview today mm. if i am referring that i have had so and so clients with this thing mm. i am not breaching confidentiality yeah. right mm. but i am sharing certain things and techniques and uh how things have evolved mm-hmm. so uh, again how would a client listening to this mm-hmm. uh take that information would they feel i did not have that consent mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. acha dusra consent in terms of cultural differences mm-hmm. now we live in india mm-hmm. uh and uh, we live in a very tight spaces mm-hmm. where family doesn't take consent from you for many mm-hmm. things yeah. right yeah. it's more with the when they do something then they say are but mera to intention ye tha mm-hmm. so we have a concept of intent over consent for sure yeah right mm-hmm. so uh, i have at times done some things mm-hmm. and say a person who was from a different culture felt wait why did you do that yeah. now that i did it with this intent yeah, yeah. but i actually ended up hurting that person mm-hmm. so i myself am still relearning mm-hmm. unlearning relearning mm-hmm. the concept of consent yeah. so i am not an authority on this at mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. okay but it it takes i think some courage to accept that that i don't i don't know uh, mm-hmm. the boundaries of consent mm-hmm. as we speak mm-hmm. also um, when it comes to literature mm-hmm. or like writing in journalism consent mm-hmm. this consent that mm-hmm. we have to have to have to have a little more humanitarian aspect yeah. to it yeah. and be more um, forgiving not mm-hmm. no no i'm not again not saying this in sexual assault cases mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. but 
that everybody is unlearning and relearning things. Mm. So if somebody has said something, you say, okay, let this has happened. How do we kind of go about this? Mm. This is a day-to-day thing because mm. you have to understand difference between day-to-day behaviors are bound by cultural uh, differences mm. versus the other serious things we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to sexual assault mm. and consent, mm. you have to kind of realize there are some types, mm. right? We've all heard about this. There is implied consent, expressed consent, mm. informed consent, mm-hmm. unanimous consent. Yeah. meetings mein hota hai, unanimous consent. Ho gaya. Yeah. Informed consent, I will need your informed consent. When we paper sign papers, yeah. expressed consent mm. and implied consent. Mm. Sometimes we assume. Mm. Ab now comes the case of intention and assumption. We say that it doesn't matter if this person was inebriated. Mm. Mm. They were drunk. They still yeah. did this. They did not have consent. Yeah. Ab, uh, you have to realize that there are boundaries. Hoti mm. As a person, I will realize this person is inebriated. Mm-hmm. Fine. He will say some silly things. He will do some silly things. Mm-hmm. But if that person breaches mm. my space, mm-hmm. you know, ask for sexual favors, mm-hmm. the certain that cross a boundary of the already assigned relationship of that of a friend or a senior or a boss, mm-hmm. then that is a cause of distress mm-hmm. and can be complained about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, even in consent, mm-hmm. while you are in an act of love making mm-hmm. and you decide you're not feeling good, mm-hmm. you can, even though you had given mm-hmm. expressed consent and you had, you know, given explicit consent, mm-hmm. you can still opt out of so, like I mentioned, uh, then you answer, is this consent valid, hmm. you know? Uh, at the end of the day, na, if we go too much in the jargon of consent, hmm. rather than seeing motive hmm. and the consequences, hmm. Hmm. I think that is what needs to be focused upon. Hmm. Was the motive uh, to kind of uh, take advantage of a person or put them in a distressful situation? Hmm. Even if the motive wasn't there, what was the consequences? Hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, say in the Me Too time, lot mm-hmm. of people found the courage to talk about certain past experiences where they felt they were not in a good state. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And um, again, so then people started to question: uh, Is this person doing for uh, doing that for mm-hmm. uh, uh, fame? Mm-hmm. And since when has been talking about such a traumatic experience mm-hmm. been equal? You know, uh, equivalent to seeking fame. Yeah. So. Uh, Again, uh, if one does have uh, uh, have a tendency mm. to abuse their power mm. or uh, say certain things when they are inebriated, mm-hmm. then that person requires not just you know a jail or something. They require a rehab. Mm. They need modification of behavior. Mm. They need uh, help with their substance abuse. Mm. So this is the difference between uh, you know certain countries mm-hmm. where uh, when people commit certain crimes, Mm -hmm. their uh, policies are more inclined towards uh, behavior correction. And uh, rather than uh, further giving more and more, putting them in a prison or a cell Mm -hmm. where they have to deal with more maladaptive, uh, they have to come up with more maladaptive behaviors to survive. Mm -hmm. You understand? So uh, the whole idea of correction has to be looked at Mm -hmm. from a different lens. So, uh, so, you talked about even your experience, how survivors essentially, even though they have the legal right to 
report the assault but they can't do that because there are multiple factors involved yeah yeah so what do you think i mean would be a way out to encourage more people to report because unless you know we more people report we don't even we wouldn't even have an actual picture of what hmm. the thing is like so what do you think would that so, be so there is a different way you can reach out to certain uh, women help groups hmm. okay hmm. you take counsel from them hmm. don't randomly approach a uh, police hmm. so if you go with them the police hmm. first behaves better theek hmm. hai okay. this social worker will also first take you through ki we are going to go there ye ye steps honge aap ye ye sign karoge aapko itna bolna hai aapko isse zyada nahi bolna hai you don't need to you have your these these are your rights theek hai so you always approach say a women help group that is used to uh, helping women report cases or men report cases or anybody who's been sexually assaulted now once that step is done like i mentioned holistically taking things forward then uh you have to empower the person right you have to take away the guilt shame you have to also get a uh, medical test done to see if they are okay internal injuries to nahi hai sex organs ko lot of things come into play if they have been hit kuch fracture to nahi hua hai so a a um, holistic view of it has to be taken mm-hmm. and then uh, counseling uh, is two ways is psychological counseling and also legal counseling mm-hmm. so somebody will tell them okay these are the methods because mm-hmm. what takes away anxiety information mm-hmm. always reduces anxiety mm-hmm. if you know mm-hmm. ki ye ye hoga ye ye hoga then mm-hmm. you won't worry too much mm-hmm. unnecessarily excessive worrying mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. information is empowering mm-hmm. so that is the method if anybody has gone through it pehle is to ek self realization hmm. ye kya hua hai mere sath and i should speak up about it theek hmm. hai hmm. then first question comes whom do i speak to about it hmm. right hmm. sometimes certain family members or friends don't respond the way one thinks they should respond hmm. and then they get disheartened by it hmm. so i would suggest that if you have gone through this fine take tell a friend or a family member mm-hmm. you do think will respond well but also mm-hmm. reach out to a uh, um, an advocacy group mm-hmm. or an ngo that is uh, well known for doing this kind of work because mm-hmm. they will get you the legal counseling and the psychological counseling mm-hmm. that you require that will help you take this forward in a more informed and empowered manner mm-hmm. so you you talked about how uh, you know psychological counseling is as important as legal counseling is mm. but in india specifically um mm. therapy is not something that is accessible by a lot of people right mm. there are people who can't afford therapy even if they want to so mm. what do you think would be a way to um first destigmatize taking therapy and mm-hmm. second making therapy more accessible to people again as a professional people get to decide their price points yeah. uh, they are self employed professionals mm-hmm. or if in certain cases where those three opts happen mm-hmm. then those government employees are on a salary by the hospital mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so again if there is a csr initiative of mm-hmm. a company or a private hospital or mm-hmm. any big uh, place mm-hmm. then you find out those mm-hmm. you do not 
a person whose only source of income is their one to one counseling will mm-hmm. not be able to provide you that mm-hmm. so there are free opds mm-hmm. where the person is being compensated by mm-hmm. their company mm-hmm. or the hospital and you mm-hmm. can access that opd mm-hmm. of course because it is free mm-hmm. you have to sign up and there will be some waiting time mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. that's the nature of things yeah. but um, there like i mentioned there are free resources mm-hmm. you just a google search away mm-hmm. but if you're not in a mental state to look for those free researches you mm-hmm. can again um reach out and i can share the other mm-hmm. thing that you are doing mm-hmm. and lot of people have instagram have done and mm-hmm. everything is done is this virtual community yeah. you have forums now mm-hmm. you have websites now mm-hmm. and that are just a search away mm-hmm. so you have actually come into this space as the bridging gap mm-hmm. like today if somebody hears this podcast mm-hmm. they get a larger idea of oh ye isliye zaruri hai or oh, this is why it happens mm-hmm. or oh, this is this all these things that i have been experienced are expected and are normal and i can come out of them mm. you know mm. um so uh there that's that's i i'm really happy that internet and general uh, awakening of conscience of mm. people mm. has facilitated this mm. so uh i feel that bridging gap is there mm. and step by step there are there are those gaps have been filled and you mm-hmm. are like maybe the primary step i mm-hmm. could be the next step mm-hmm. and you know so on and so forth mm-hmm. so it's all coming together well that's that's good to know um as a concluding question um mm-hmm. what you know piece of advice or even a suggestion would you give to someone who's closeted and is in mm-hmm. the process of coming out mm-hmm. uh again uh, we've all been there mm. me too mm. okay um and i that there's a reason why i've been so honest about everything if mm. i'm on antidepressant if i've gone through sexual abuse mm-hmm. it actually i think uh, you know initially it was frowned upon mm-hmm. you don't say society ka sochegi mm-hmm. you're a psychologist you have to maintain mm-hmm. certain things mm-hmm. and i say no if that will help my client connect mm-hmm. with me better knowing that i have experienced this and i have empowered myself to be in such a space now mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so um for anybody who is wondering okay i'm still in the closet and mm-hmm. i can't report mm-hmm. i want to tell them jugaad indian there is a way out for everything mm-hmm. there are lots of solutions your brain might have stopped thinking of solution mm-hmm. but if you reach out to an expert mm-hmm. or a social worker mm-hmm. or a healthcare worker or mm-hmm. a legal counsel mm-hmm. we will tell you of the ways because mm-hmm. we have uh, we are we are not personally experiencing it or even mm-hmm. if we have personally experienced it we have gone through more of such Mm-hmm. trials yeah, right yeah. we have seen it first hand mm-hmm. and we have tried to apply different methods of coming out of it mm-hmm. that is what our work is we have mm-hmm. studied it we researched it we see it and we've mm-hmm. done it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if i haven't personally done it i will connect you with somebody who's done it yeah, yeah. so everything is just a phone call away mm-hmm. instead of going into your shell and thinking nahi iska to solution ho hi nahi sakta mm-hmm. ye apne brain ko mat bolne do aapko mm-hmm. ki iska to koi way out hi nahi hai mm-hmm. चाहे आप जितने भी लो मूड में हो जितना मतलब गिव अप स्टेट में हो बस ये अपने आप को मत बोलो कि देर इज नो सोल्यूशन ठीक है दैट इज ऑल दैट आई नीड टू यू नो रियली गेट अक्रॉस नो मैटर वट द सिचुएशन इज पैसा नहीं है क्लोजेट में हो कुछ भी सिचुएशन है स्टिल रीच आउट देर इज अ वे आउट ऑलवेज नाइस टू नो एंड रियली नाइस यू नो पॉजिटिव नोट टू एंड ऑन 
and i think i had a wonderful time talking to you and i had some great insights and i hope that's the same for all of our listeners glad to know so thank you all right thank you so bye bye divya thank you so much for being a part of this project we had a great conversation and thank you for all those wonderful insights i'm sure our viewers will love this episode